Hi, my name is Sarah and this is my podcast. Welcome to the very first episode of The Sarah Situation. If you think I sound familiar or the name does, then that's probably because I used to have another podcast called The Sarah Incident. Had it going for a while, but decided to start afresh because life happens and stuff happens and you know how it goes. So... I wanted to make this episode first because the cult is a very huge part of my story. I know that. And I know that a lot of people are interested in it. And, I mean, I don't blame you. I'm interested in other cults. Like, you know, I learn about other cults too, even though I've left one. And I've actually been entangled with more than one. But now, I can I can actually look into groups like that now that I'm not as vulnerable as I was when I first left I can look into groups like that and realize and know things to watch out for in the future things like that and it gives me a better understanding of other people and things like that but anyway but so everybody is interested it seems is interested in like what our lives were in the cult like learning about the cult and you know like a look into the cult and i get that totally yeah i get it but i don't want that to be just what this podcast is about because when we leave i have been gone from my cult for almost three years now almost and my life has went on it's been hectic it's been crazy but it didn't stop because I left and my story didn't stop because I left because a ton of things have happened since I left the cult so I wanted to kind of do like maybe an episode or two to get um, all the backstory out and I don't care to go into detail about things later I just want to go ahead and get this out so that I can also talk about like other things like um, my biblical views and how my views on like women and family and sex and everything like that how it's changed since I've left and all that go into like more detail and so here it is I guess (laughs) here we go so I was raised in this cult I mean since like from the womb like before I was even born I was in this cult and it was all I'd ever known I grew up in it and it's okay so it's called holiness or holiness Pentecostal or Pentecostal holiness whatever and I want to explain that it's not the name that's the cult it's not like one organization like Scientology or like you know what I can't my mind just went blank I can't think of any others but it's not like of like Jehovah's Witness it's not one thing like every church is different and what makes it a cult is when it's a church that holds these beliefs that are not biblical and that they teach and the stuff they put people through so just because I mean you may be listening to this and and be like well I'm holiness like what what the heck's going on I'm not talking about every holiness person because it's not every holiness person and but when I was growing up we went to multiple churches and we always chased these type of churches because we thought we had to live that way in order to go to heaven that is the cult and uh, and I mean it's just um it's hard to explain sometimes 
And, uh, but, um, I also want to say that my parents, people ask me, like, was I shunned or, like, do I still talk to my parents? I wasn't shunned. I had to cut off ties with people because it was, like, for my mental health and stuff. And I was a lot better off if I just cut them off. My mom and dad and I, we still talk. We're not, on my end, there's no child-parent relationship. And my parents are not bad people I mean they're really not but the cult has changed them so much and they are not who they really are I mean if that makes sense even though my dad was raised in it that's not who he is because he never had a chance to 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 be to figure out what he is he never had that opportunity and my mom was not raised in the cult it, like my dad was raised in it from an infant but my mom wasn't and I had a hard time understanding my mom and why she would get wrapped up in something like this I used to be a lot harsher on all homeless people not just my mom and after being gone it's coming up close to three years now I don't feel the hatred that I did when I first left. I feel anger towards some people specifically still. I don't know if you'd call it resentment. I think it's more of like righteous anger because, you know, they did me wrong and they did other people wrong and they should, you know, have to suffer the consequences, but they probably never will. It's that type of anger that gets me. And, okay, so the way these churches work is, like I was saying, every church is different the pastor decides what the beliefs are going to be and these men are usually it's ne it's never a woman okay in my cult they're uneducated and they don't believe in going to a seminary or any type of bible college or any kind of theology classes or nothing they believe that god is supposed to tell you everything uh, a lot of them don't even believe you should use notes while you're preaching. A lot of times, the members will follow this man blindly. Even in when things are just blaring in their face, like, like red siren lights. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. But like they just look past it because they feel like this man is anointed. And that's like a conversation I had with a holiness lady I used to go to church with a lot. She said, I should have said, my dad's a holiness preacher. I think I left that part out. I, I should have mentioned that at the very beginning. But my dad is a holiness preacher. So that makes my situation a lot more intense anyways. But we were talking. She called me and she brought this stuff up, not me, just so you know. And she was talking about how like the devil was quote unquote tempting her to cut her hair and wear makeup and stuff like that and I'll get in I'll get into the beliefs more later but the argument that gets used on me is if the preacher is anointed then how can what he's saying be wrong and I told her this is my response and the first time it came up I didn't know what to say but I had to go and educate myself a little bit further on it and this time when I was asked about it, well, told about it, I should say. I don't really get asked that many questions. 
but I had an answer for it. And I said, I'm sure that you've come across more than one preacher that you confident, right? And she was like, well, yeah. I said, so you believe more than one preacher you've been in contact with in the Holiness Church over the years. She's an older lady. You believe it at least, you know, one more is anointed, right? And she's like, well, yeah, sure. I believe different preachers are anointed. I said, well, about tore my notes out. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, if every person you confident that you think is anointed, if they're anointed, I said, why does everybody preach something different? I was like, if everyone that is anointed, I was like, why would they not all preach the same thing? I said, even if you confident just one other preacher, I said, no two people's beliefs are going to line up exactly the same. And I was like, who is right? And she didn't have an answer for me. She just said, she was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's really hard when you talk to people like that. Because I've talked to people that are like, I, I just can't leave it. I've just, I was raised in it. I can't, and they, but it's people that agree with me. Like I have full on, uh, you know, like not biblical debates, but like biblical discussions. And I give scripture behind what I'm telling them and they agree with me. I've had it happen more than once. And they either tell me that um, they've been in it too long or, but the most common answer is, I just can't. And it really is hard to understand when you have not been around anything like this for somebody that knows nothing about it. It's really hard to understand. And there's really two reasons why that it's so hard for people, especially when they've been raised in it like I was. One is because these preachers have made them believe that they are anointed, which means that they get their messages and what they say directly from God. And remember, these are uneducated. I don't mean this in a bad way, but they're uneducated backwoods preachers who've only who really only understand something if they make it up or if they've just heard it their whole life like my dad when he preaches the stuff he does it's mostly just stuff that we've all heard before and i mean i hate to say that but very rarely if ever does anything like new happen there's not usually any like new revelations anymore <sighs> but then the second thing is they're convinced uh, that they've had a spiritual experience. And it and this applies for like the anointing thing too. Feelings are very strong things. I've said this a million times. Feelings are very strong and you can't trust your feelings and you can't trust other people's feelings. You have to pray and really seek God. I can look back on things now that you would have never gotten me to deny before. I would have said for sure that it was a legit spiritual experience. And looking back on it now, I can see that it wasn't. And I'll go more into that later. But I was actually looking into the Mormon church just as I am. Um, just learning about another cult, you know. And 
the guy on the show was talking about how it's these people are convinced they've had spiritual experience and I was like oh, wow that that's a lot like the holiness cult too and so yeah there's a lot of like relying on feelings and revelations that God gives to you and stuff like that and everybody's human and in the holiness church we have people who claim to be prophets and they are supposed to be directly speaking the Holy Ghost is supposed to be speaking straight out of them and they give people messages and they try to like tell people who they should marry and shouldn't marry and things like that and I don't want to like speak against anything if God really is moving in it but I do want to say that you cannot trust a person like that you cannot trust one person to come up and tell you what to do with your life and I don't care who it is I don't care if it's your dad my dad one of our moms my grandpappy your granny I don't care and they're like oh I know how your daddy lives that's how I know he's anointed that has nothing to do with what I just said did you not hear <laughs> I just like it's so hard for me because it's the the faith the the rules the beliefs is so hypocritical because it's like I don't mean to be harsh but it's hard when you can't get people to accept reason and there's people I've had to walk away from sadly me knowing I would never change them it's it is it's really sad when you get a man who is at the head of a church or a congregation or whatever and he is telling these people what to do and they're following everything that he says a man is not meant to have that kind of power there was not one apostle there were 12 apostles you know God didn't mean for one man to have complete control of what his people were supposed to believe but but Jesus like you know and besides Jesus we're talking about mortal men here okay Jesus was an exception and when you give a man that kind of power it will go to his head and it's so it's so sad and it's so disappointing like it really makes me lose a lot of faith in like the human race the church that my mom and dad really started out in the one that um, they say they were saved in and I say it that way because I don't know who's saved and who's not because I thought I was saved but I hadn't truly accepted Jesus into my heart so I can't say for sure one way or the other but they say they were saved in this church and uh, so my dad had been raised in it from an infant my mom hadn't and the pastor of this church was a cult leader and he was my great uncle and so that was her uncle my mom's uncle <clears throat> and he had some really just insane stuff that he would preach so okay really it was him and his wife because the women would more so lean towards his wife and asking questions about what they should do like as far as like spiritual stuff like the rules and all that and 
some of the stuff they believed in, I don't have a complete list because um, I don't remember going there. So I don't have a complete list of everything. But this was some stuff I had written down that I could think of. So the men have to keep their faces clean shaven. And even if you have like five o'clock shadow, it's really looked down on in the hole in this church. And they have to keep a short haircut. Their hair can't touch their ears. And, but when you bring it to the women, the women are not allowed to cut their hair. There, there's a whole lot more rules on women than there is men. That's because it, this is a man's religion. A man started this. And so they're not allowed to cut their hair. They're not allowed to shave their legs or anything like that. And they're not allowed to do their eyebrows. Basically anything that makes themselves look more attractive, they're really not allowed to do it. And like they have to wear plain clothes, nothing sparkly, nothing that would draw attention to you. And um, even like super bold colors can be looked down upon if you're not very careful. No jewelry for the men or the women, even if it was just a wedding band, none at all. And you were required to wear your best clothes to church. And I know people are like, you know, Sunday best and all that and want to dress up for church. But I don't think you should tell people that it's like some kind of sin if they don't dress up in their absolute best because they weren't even allowed to wear like jean skirts to church. They weren't allowed to have Christmas trees. And the reason for that is there is a verse in the Old Testament that talks about people worshiping trees or some nonsense like that. And what happened was a guy got up in church and said that he felt convicted and he didn't believe that he should do it anymore. And like the rest of the church like followed suit. Like I'm not even kidding with you. And my parents kept that. They still keep that. They, I have, um, they had one Christmas tree when they first got married and then all that stuff happened. And we never had a Christmas tree after that. I don't ever remember having a Christmas tree. And it was always so heartbreaking because other relatives would have one. And I absolutely loved them. I loved decorating them. I loved the lights. Yeah, we didn't put up Christmas lights either. Yeah, that's something else that wasn't allowed was Christmas lights because it represented worshiping the stars or some kind of nonsense. And so we never did that and my mom has gotten around that and it's it's sad but it's funny she has a potted plant that she puts lights on and they put the christmas presents under it but the catch is it's a potted plant and she leaves the lights on year round on it so that she can say it's not specifically christmas lights there's so many like loopholes and stuff in this religion that you can get past things. Back then, um, they really didn't know what the internet was, I guess, but um, it, as soon as they, you know, figured out what the internet, that it existed, they started preaching against it. And they didn't believe in TVs. And I have said, I think the reasoning behind this teaching, they say the only thing they can tell you is if you see something bad, you can't unsee it. Which, as anybody with, you know, that's not been in this cult, they can say, well, you you have a risk of seeing something bad anywhere you go. And, and then they're like, oh, well, you have control over this. You know, this is something you can turn off. But um, it's the same thing. But if this is, you know, just modern day loophole here. This was, this was really before the time of, um, there was barely like any, 
picture taken or anything. And But now, in the modern day holiness, if you video with your phone, it's okay, but you can't watch something that's filmed on a like movie camera, even though it's the same thing. And um, a lot of them, I think a lot of them, I, mean, I can't say for sure, but I do know it happens. They can get on the internet and get on YouTube and stuff, even like Netflix and everything, and watch it on a device like that, but they still won't have a TV. They don't believe in having internet in their homes, but they are allowed to like go to the public library or somebody else's house and connect to their Wi-Fi and get on their phones that way. So there's a lot of just, um, there's stuff like that. Um, another thing is they didn't believe in sports because uh, you're not supposed to be competitive towards people supposedly, even though it's mentioned, I don't know how many times in the Bible about this being a race and the good race and you know finishing the race and all that. And we would even play baseball in the at the like behind the church as like a um a group of like younger people and and stuff and kids and that was fine but professional even if it's in the school like elementary school it's not allowed and you can play video games that are sports video games but you cannot play a um quote-unquote professional sport he did not believe in going fishing, even if you were going to um, eat the fish that you caught. He thought that was wrong, and he didn't believe in crossword puzzles. He didn't believe in four-wheeler riding. Or, I mean, that's what we call it down here in the South. And uh, anything that would idle your time, he would say that was a sin. And uh, when it comes to his wife, really the things that she would... Uh, oversee is like they would ask her like how long do my dresses need to be and stuff like that and they would be like do you think it's wrong to do your eyebrows whatever and um so even though my great uncle did come up with most of this stuff he had it i mean i don't know if he knew it or not but his wife was running like her own little thing she never contradicted him but like she would tell like okay for instance if you asked her how long your dress should be. She would say, when you step up on the pulpit, I shouldn't be able to see the calf of your leg. And that's supposedly, you know, whatever she said went and whatever he said went. Um, men wore, wore pants. They weren't allowed to wear shorts. I never seen a holiness man in sandals. I don't know if that was a thing with modesty or not. Uh, so it always had to wear long sleeves unless you were inside your home. So long sleeves, pants, and shoes on a man. And then on a woman, she had to wear um, quarter length sleeves. And you could wear short sleeves, but it was not, it was not looked, like you, you were looked down on for that, uh, from what I've heard. So women wear quarter length sleeves, and then you know what they wore these super long dresses. Back in like the, the 90s early 2000s when my mom and dad were in this women wore dresses of church like the dresses you had to get, take and get dry clean like you can't even wash them okay so they would have to have their dresses so long and it was just <laughs> and something that really gets me is how they say like you shouldn't follow the trends of the world like if a 
a shoe, a type of shoe is in style, they don't buy it until it goes out of style. Like you can't have anything that's in style, but the Holiness Church has their own things that are in style. And what I mean by that is like hairstyles. And I remember one time the Simply Southern shirts were like big time in the Holiness shirts and like the knockoff t-shirts. I think the Walmart brand is like Blessed Girl or something. Those were like big time. Certain styles of maxi skirts and jean skirts and scarves. I remember one time scarves were like the biggest, hugest thing in the Holiness church going and they would pin like fake flowers in their hair. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can't preach against trends when you are setting your own trends. You know what I'm saying? And like the teaching in the Holiness Church is so much like just punishment and hell and like making mistakes, backsliding, losing your faith, stuff like that. There's really, um, it's always about how you could do better and how there's a very high chance you're going to go to hell. And it's not pleasant. It's really not. So I don't remember, I don't remember leaving this church. I was very, very young when we left. I don't know if this was the full reason, but my parents were accused of being pregnant with me before they got married, which was nobody's business. I mean, my dad, as far as I know, was not even preaching at this time. So, I mean, it really was between them and God, whatever the truth was. And, uh, but yeah, that happened and they were like forced to repent over something they didn't do publicly, like publicly repent. And so I don't know if it was that or something else or a combination of things, but we left when I was very, very young. Well, I should say they had to pretend to repent, whatever. So the next church we went to is the first church that I remember. And this church was just as bad, just as bad. And it was even worse because you weren't even allowed to go to certain churches. The, the pastor had his church and they would go and visit another church that didn't have a pastor and he would preach down there. And those were the only two churches you were allowed to go to or you were like looked down on really bad. Growing up in this church, it's really when computers were, were being more available to these people. And because obviously, I mean, we're in like the middle of nowhere, okay? We didn't have straightaway access to everything. So they were like dead set against computers. Oh my gosh, like it was like the worst thing ever. And not even like, not even the internet. It was like, even if you had to use a computer at work, you shouldn't do that. Whether it be typing something out on Microsoft Word or whatever, it didn't matter. It was just the computer itself. There really wasn't any talk about the internet. So, I mean, it was just the whole thing. They um, didn't believe, the pastor didn't believe in video games, but people would sneak behind his back and do it like Nintendos or whatever. And in this church, they had some even wackier beliefs. Uh, the women were not, you know, the dress code was the same, except women were not allowed to have back pockets or front zippers on their skirts and the reasoning for that is i'm not kidding with this okay I'm, I'm dead i'm serious as a heart attack this man came in and was sitting in the back at church and which is funny because they would escort women out 
if if a woman came in and sat down on the back pew to just come to church who was like obviously not a homeless person they would escort her out so I don't know how this man got to stay in there but um he came to the pastor after church and said I can't tell if your like women members are wearing skirts or pants from the back and that's why they that's why they done that and I've never understood how or or why because I've always said why was the man looking at their butts in the first place I mean that would have been the first thing I would have thought of but at, the pastor obviously did not <laughs> still no TV and um, did I mention the church before didn't believe in TV either I'm getting a little getting a little mixed up but uh, homeless churches not believe in TV just to make sure I've told you they do not believe in TV and uh, so they did not break their bread I mean they did not cut their bread they had to break it because Jesus broke the bread yeah I'm, I mean I you can't make this stuff up they did not believe that children could get saved or like accept Christ or anything like that they didn't believe a child could feel God but they would also get up and preach that if you were if you knew right from wrong then you would go to hell so that was the mindset that I lived in like pretty much my whole childhood was that um, there's no hope for me if I die basically and they were so hard against the TV and internet like those were the biggest things and I believe I have figured out the reason for that I could be wrong but I know how these men's minds work and I believe that they are denied access to these things because the preachers the cult leaders don't want them to know any better and also I'm going to get into the marriage stuff here in just a minute but when you have a young girl who is trapped in an abusive marriage whether it be physical mental verbal whatever and she may not know that there are resources out there for her and she could feel trapped she could continue to live with that abuser because she feels she has no other choice and I think that is one of the biggest parts of it is to keep women subdued and under control okay so when it came to dating and getting married to the best of my remembrance the boys when they got up teenagers would get saved that was when they got saved and like they would supposedly pray through and you know get saved and get filled with the Holy Ghost stuff like that and then it wouldn't be too long that the girls would follow along behind and they would like get saved in their little clique there'd be like three or four of them together and they'd all get saved at pretty much the same time when that happened they were free to get married and you could get married young at this church and you could also marry your cousin at this church and I want to clear up if you are in a relationship with your cousin I don't care and you may be like well you're from the south of course you don't care everybody's inbred down there no no, we're really not. It's um, it's not as common as you would think. Like Hollywood and stuff has like blew that all out of proportion. But even if you are married to your cousin or dating your cousin, I mean that's nothing to do with me. But when you do it to 
reminding like to just get somebody that has the same beliefs as you like the same faith as you I see that that's a problem that's a problem for me you couldn't marry like there was a rule you couldn't marry like your first or second cousin I can't remember if it was third or fourth cousin that you could marry I can't remember but it, it was not not very far down the line so these teenagers have been homeschooled um, if not high school then like their whole life and so the girls would have a high school education and that's it or they would get like a GED <clears throat> so that was it I never knew that girls went to college growing up I did not know that that was even a thing because I was always like it was always my mindset because this is what I had this is the only thing I'd ever saw or the only thing I'd ever been taught but it was like you grow up and then when you get a teenager you get saved and then you get married and then you have kids and that's your life and you go to the church and if you were a woman you were not allowed to work they're really I don't know about if like if before you got married like if you were a teenager like working a summertime job I don't know how they looked at that I don't remember any of the girls ever working period and it seemed like they preached it all the time about how a woman is the weaker vessel and how she calls poor little Adam to sin because you know he would have never sinned because he was a man she made him do it you know and it just seemed to be all the time and I remember even growing up that that would just run all over me and I would get really upset and even at like eight years old seven eight years old I would be like livid about it because I didn't agree with it I'm not going to cover traditional roles and like all that stuff in this podcast I want to do that in a separate podcast but um, that's really what pushed me into like feminism I'm not a feminist today I'm also not anti-feminist I am a traditional Christian housewife but like I said that's not in this podcast that's for another time because that's like a whole big story of its own so if you did not have children you were looked down on because you were thought to be selfish and like if a woman didn't want to get pregnant because of like her body you know maybe she thought you know she didn't want to ruin her body with a baby or whatever which us women today know that that doesn't matter but um, back then I mean if your husband in that church if your husband wasn't satisfied with you you know that was just that was the end of the world you know I, I remember one young girl bless her heart she was probably 16 or 17 she was so young and uh, I can't remember if she was engaged or she had um, just gotten married and I was with this other lady that was going to church there and she was like I can just see so-and-so being the type of girl that wouldn't get pregnant because she don't want to mess up her body like <laughs> and <laughs> okay so I don't know how the church felt about birth control I don't know that I know condoms were okay but I don't know about like um, the pill and stuff like that when I was I, I didn't know that that stuff existed and I don't think the other young girls there knew that stuff like that existed because we were so cut off from the world we weren't even allowed to look at magazines at the uh, the grocery stand or whatever and like we weren't even allowed to wear sunglasses 
because that was considered worldly. Like it was just so much. Um, they they want to isolate you. They they want to fence you in. And if you're not very careful, they will make you think that that's a good thing. Um, a bar, the bars on a cage are bars on a cage. And they can make you feel like that those bars are keeping things out, you know, so it's good. But in the, at the end of the day, you're still trapped in these, in this box with bars. It's, it's not good. I don't remember dating being a thing. Like, as far as going out on dates. I remember, like, um, you know, they could be together or whatever. But, like, there was this one woman who, um, her and her husband did not go on their first date alone until, like, the day, the day or night before their wedding. That was the first time they'd ever been out together. And I don't remember them teaching that you couldn't kiss or touch because, um, I mean, I never had to deal with that at that church but I don't remember it being an issue either way we ended up leaving that church when I was eight eight or nine best of my remembrance and the reason we had to leave was because okay so like pretty much everybody in the church was tied in with family so it was like a big click and my mom and dad were on the outside of that and so anytime anything would happen, of course, they would side with their family. And what had happened was a lady that went to church there, her daughter had come to her and accused my mother of being rude to her. Like literally, like she just said that mom would turn her head and not talk to her because me and her daughter went to the same elementary school. So mom would see her there. And uh, yeah. Even if that was true, I don't even know if that's true or not, but even if it was true, like, what the heck is the big deal about somebody not talking to your daughter? Maybe she just don't like her, you know? But that wasn't allowed because that was the pastor's granddaughter. I think that things had been stirring for a while that I don't even think my parents knew. I can't say for sure, but... um it was all of a sudden like I was getting treated different even as like a kid and I had went to my okay I call her my mammy okay I didn't know what a mammy was until I was like 20 years old but um, she is my biological grandmother she's my dad's mother so I've always called her mammy and it just doesn't feel right to <sighs> I'm back sometimes I have to pause and go you know help my child <laughs> She wanted some cereal, so I had to give her some, some nummies. But anyway, as I was saying, uh, it feels wrong to come on here and try to call her mama or grandma or something like that. So I'm just going to call her Mammy and just bear in mind that she's my biological grandmother. Okay. I went to my Mammy's church, and their church was really looked down on by my parents. Well, first of all, they weren't allowed to go to other churches. And second of all, they were seen as, like, too worldly because <laughs> um, they felt there was too much movement and commotion in the church and because those people weren't living like them they didn't feel like that um they should be able like that god would move on them that much like they were allowed to do their eyebrows they were allowed to shave their legs they wore they wore hair pieces <laughs> which was another huge thing like wearing a hair piece was almost as bad as putting on makeup in the holiness church yeah the the holiness church is so totally against makeup 
and um there's no reason like i guess it's worldly or whatever but like you are not allowed any makeup whatsoever whether it be a touch of mascara a bare bit of blush like nothing nothing at all no makeup zero <laughs> and i ended up accepting jesus that night and i was eight years old and that was a big no-no in you know my mom and dad's church so my mom and dad didn't believe me and um it still is still really hurtful to look back on because um i just don't know how you could do that to your child and but my mammy would would try to tell my dad no she really did she got saved i was there i felt it with her and you know stuff like that and uh or whatever i can't remember the exact words but pretty much and uh, my mom and dad just they just blew it off they didn't care they didn't talk to me about it um they never told me that like they never taught me how to pray they never said prayers with me at night ever they they um they never read the bible with me when i was little unless I, I came up while my dad was reading it or something like that because they didn't believe children could be saved so what was the point of saying prayers with me at night so i didn't know how to pray i really didn't and um obviously at that age there was a whole lot of the bible that i didn't understand and they didn't even bother trying to explain it to me and the only time they ever said anything else about it was it probably hadn't been a couple months or something since that um at the most and mcdonald's this is gonna sound so stupid mcdonald's were their, their girl toys at the time was little dolls from the wizard of oz and my mammy had snuck and let me watch wizard of oz when i was little because well, my mammy and my papa weren't like model citizen holiness people, even though they started out in my great uncle's church. Well, I don't think that's where my mammy actually started out, but I mean, like for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where they got their main teaching from was that church. And she would keep a TV in her closet. And I loved Wizard of Oz. Like that was my favorite movie as a kid. And so I was obviously crazy about the little dolls. And I remember I got, in one of my Happy Meals, I got the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, you know, the Green Little Witch. And they wouldn't let me keep it because it was a witch. And I remember that I cried over that. And my mom said, if you was really saved, you wouldn't want to play with stuff like that. And um, that was the only thing about them saying if I was ever saved. But I do remember a time that... I cried I was coming home crying because when we were going to that church right before we left we ended up moving up there like two minutes from the church and really close to the other church members and my dad was not making as much money he had took a different job a lower paying job and um, like and they moved up there supposedly to be closer to his job but I do think the church had like a lot to do with it I can't say for sure it's just my opinion and we used to always go to the restaurant and eat with them after church like the church would gang up and go to Dairy Queen and eat and that you know we hadn't been in a long time and obviously as a child I was always very sociable as a child and I wanted to go be with people 
and they wouldn't go. I didn't understand at the time that we couldn't afford it or anything like that. I just thought we just weren't going, you know. And I was crying. I was throwing a bit of a temper tantrum. And my dad said, if you cried that hard on the altar tonight, you might have got somewhere. And the thing is, my mom would never, like when I was really little, I can remember coming up to the altar and praying. But like they put a stop to that. Like I don't know if it was the preachers or just my parents, but like um, they didn't let little kids do that uh, the rest of the time I was there. And my, so my mom would not let me go to the altar to even pray. So, I mean, I don't know why he even said that because it was never an option for me in the first place. The kids, like, you could have no enjoyment in the church if you were a kid. Like, honestly, you couldn't. I remember they used to do communion, and what they did in the Honest Church was they would, um, they would home make uh, unleavened bread, or they would buy it, and they would get the grape juice, and they would celebrate communion that way, and they would wash one another's feet. Um, I have not seen that in church for a very, very long time. I mean, washing each other's feet. Honestly, I don't think that Jesus meant for us to do that literally. I think that was figuratively. And if I would have had to wash, like I can't handle feet. I think that could be a reason why I have like a feet phobia uh, from growing up with that. But I can't imagine doing that today. I really can't. I would just they would just have to kick me out of the church but anyway when we were little we would after the men the after the women were done because there was a curtain between the pulpit and the rest of the church so whenever they would do feet washing the men would go up there and do the men and the women would stay down in the sanctuary part like the actual you know where the seats and stuff were and do the women so whenever like everybody got done they would like tug on the curtain to like let them know usually the women were done first and uh, us little kids whenever the women would get done we would go and like wash each other's feet like it was just water in a basin there was no soap or anything like that it was just water in a basin and a towel and they put a stop to that and it was just it was like man that's one of the few things we got to do it was like the only thing we got to do you know and when I got a certain age I don't know maybe like seven years old or so I wasn't even allowed to go on the pulpit with my mom anymore like I had to sit in the in like the in the pews with everybody else and my mom would go up front and sing and stuff and I wanted to go up there with her and uh, I wasn't allowed to do that at a certain age but anyway it was right after I had accepted Jesus and sadly because of my environment I know they're like you can't blame people but I I mean there there's no other reason it was the people and I guess I just believed that I wasn't saved anymore and stuff like that and like I said I had nobody teach me how to pray I didn't know how to pray I didn't know how to read my Bible I didn't know I didn't know any of that I mean all I knew was fire hell and damnation and that women were supposed to be like under men and everything like that like in a bad way okay like I said, traditional roles and stuff, that's for a whole other podcast. But, like, this is like your husband is your ruler. Like, you know. I had one friend at this church. There was not very many people, like, younger, like, my age. And uh, because holiness people act like that the bigger the crowd is, the more worldly the church is. Because straight and narrow is the way few who enter by the whatever. And so when you do that, 
you are getting rid of the next generation of your religion because you know less people it comes less babies there's going to be in the church but i think the reason for that is like they put you on like this little island and they want you to think that you're the only ones going to heaven i mean that's a classic cult right there anyway i had come to church and me and this girl had played together ever since i could like remember in church and like she had come and slept over at my house and things like that and we were like best friends she was really my best friend she was probably the only um friend that i had at the time because i got bullied in school because i was different you know i wore skirts i had stringy hair because we didn't cut her hair uh, you know, I didn't watch their TV shows. I didn't listen to their music because in the Holiness Church, they believe you can only listen to Christian music and not even all Christian worship music. Like it's out there today, like on Caleb and um, whatever the other station is. Uh, you know, that even some of that is not allowed. So uh, they didn't know my Christian gospel songs, like, you know, and, but anyway, so this girl was really the only person in the world that I had. And we would always sit together. Like, ever since I could remember, we had sat together. Every church service that we were there, we had sat together. And I sat beside her that night, and I told her, I was like, I, I got saved. And um, her mom leaned over, and she was like, what'd she say? And they told her, they like, oh, she said she thinks she got saved. That's how they said it. And um, after that, she didn't sit with me anymore. And the next time we came to church, she went up and um, sat with her older cousin. She'd never done that before, ever. I think that, it, to the best of my memories, I think it was like the very next church service that she stopped sitting with me. And if it wasn't the first, it was very, very soon. And I was like, what? so she did it that time and then the next church service she did it again and I asked my mom I was like well can I go sit with them and my mom I don't know what she thought was going on but she told me I could and um and then the next time I told mom on the way to church I was like if she goes and sits with so-and-so like I'm just done like you know because I would go up there and I would totally be excluded you know because I was shunned for some for some unknown reason to me but at, looking back on it I'm sure it's probably the fact that I told him I was saved and I think there was stuff going around with my parents too I think it was those two things I never got to confirm that um, anything was going on before the actual like blow up but uh, I'm sure it was because you know how clicks and politics and stuff you know how it works there's always you know there's always stuff going on before it comes to a head but anyway so that night when we came to church she went and sat with her older cousin and I just sat back there like by myself I was like I'm not doing this and surprisingly that was the night um, little did I know that would be our last night there as far as it being her home church we came back and visited years later like years and years and years but, uh, so what happened was, okay, the, the pastor's granddaughter had accused my mom of being rude to her. Um, the words were, turn her head and wouldn't speak to me or whatever. And I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I don't know. And, but, uh, according to my mom, it was a lie. So the, uh, the pastor's daughter, so like that girl's mom, 
she got up in church and she was supposed to be feeling the spirit she was supposed to be shouting and getting in um as they call it and she just started on this rant about my mom and my dad she never once said their names but um every like everybody knew who she was talking about and she said that uh, my dad was trying to hog the mic and preach and um and said that my dad thought he ran the show or whatever and um then she started talking about my mom and like if you didn't live over there in that area with those church people they thought you were in like this godforsaken land like they must thought they were the land of Canaan. I don't know. But um, she she said that uh, her daughter was over there in that godforsaken place and that this person had treated her bad and stuff like that. And the whole time, she was supposed to be like shouting and getting in. And I believe that the reason that girl said that is because um, she was supposed to be going to church there and stuff too, but she was actually living a double life. See, she lived like an hour away from this church. So she could sneak and do stuff and not get caught. And um, my mom and dad saw her at the store and she was wearing her pants. And I don't know if she was wearing makeup or whatever, but anyway, she was all worldly looking, you know. And um, <clears throat> my mom and dad saw her and they, my mom said they never told anybody. And, but she thinks that uh, the girl did think that, if that makes sense. like. I think the girl was mad at my parents and I, I think if it was a lie I think that's why she told it but <clears throat> if it wasn't a lie like it's not even a big deal like who cares like I mean if I don't want to talk to you I'm not going to talk to you like it doesn't matter if you go to my church or not if I you know whatever it's your decision if you talk to somebody or not you shouldn't be kicked out of a church for it but it was the pastor's granddaughter so my mom got in the car and she said, whew, I'm glad that wasn't about me. And then she looked over at dad and she was like, was that about me? Dad said, sure is the world that was about you. And, you know, after we figured out it was about her, then, you know, we knew the other part was about dad for sure. So she called the woman, not the girl. She called the girl's mom, the one that had got up in church and said this stuff. And she told her it wasn't true. And she would be like, do you believe me? And all that woman would say is she would just cry and say, the Lord knows, the Lord knows, the Lord knows. So, and at this time, that girl was officially out of church. Like she was no longer in the holiness church. And they would take that girl's word over my mom's, a woman they went to church with for years. My mom requested a meeting. She was like, can we get together with the pastor and talk this out? The woman refused to bring her daughter into that. And um, my, my mom was physically ill on the ride home. Like she, was, she had dad pull over, she was on the verge of throwing up and she was just crying hysterically. And um, even as a child, it hurt me to see her that way. So yeah, I never would have expected that to be our, our night like that we left. That is the end of part one. You now know about my upbringing. And part two is gonna pick up where we left off. Um, just a little sneak peek. Um, 
guess I can go ahead and just say this. We were tossed around to different churches after that. My dad thought he might even be a pastor after that, um, but it didn't work out. My dad has wanted to be a pastor pretty much ever since I can remember, and um, the only time he ever got to be a pastor was for about uh, a couple weeks, and I'm going to talk about that in part two. And so, and that brings me to the uh, the church that we finally settled down at. That's where it happened at. And there was a whole lot of stuff that happened there. And we went to that church until I was um, about 16 or so. And uh, so, yeah, that's a whole big story, just that one church. And I hope you guys will come back and listen to part two. And I hope you have a wonderful day.